0: Welcome to The Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your Human Reboot. So in today's Human Reboot podcast, we have the very lovely Becky Holmes. Becky is a confidence on camera coach. She helps people to become more visible in their business and helps them with the tech side of things, but also to become more confident on camera. Uh, she's done this for a couple of years, but Prior to that, she is a professional speaker um, and has done a number of shows, science shows around the UK. So myself and Becky met, when did we meet? In 2019 at some point. And we actually met in real life in 2020 before um, the world went mad. Yeah, she's a great connection to have. And she's also she's helped me um, to become more confident on camera because until that point, I even hated having my photo taken, never mind uh, getting myself onto video. So I can't wait for today's discussion. So, Becky, please, would you share with us how you use rebooting in your life's journey? to to perform at your best
1: yeah okay so um, to set the context I'm gonna just talk about kind of like two different ways that I I have rebooted in my life so I'll start with the trickier one I actually have a condition called premenstrual dysphoric disorder um, and it's linked to my cycles so essentially every month just before my period I will be really quite ill So I will have to reboot kind of cyclical once a month, because once I get out of that um, feeling really unwell, then I have to get my life back on track. Um, And it's taken me. So I've had this condition since I was a teenager, but more serious in the last couple of years. And so the learning to slow down and accept it has been a massive part of my journey to just keep going through life so yeah and I work completely around it I'm still a fully functioning human being but I do have to go through the reboot and all the techniques that you teach almost on a monthly basis Um, and then the other place I've had to reboot is just after massive periods of stress in my old workplace and there was just um like a case of bullying shall we say and just coming coming back from that as well so just that that that's the two parts in my story where really kind of like resting to come back is really important but i've had to do it more than others because it's a monthly a monthly thing
0: so for many women we have um a cycle each month why is it that your symptoms are so much kind of worse than every than what we would class as normal let's yeah. say Um, So PMDD is,
1: they don't have all the answers yet. So it's one in 20 women experience it. In my belief, um, lots of people would have it and just not not really realise. So they say that where they're at at the moment with their research is that it's my brain. So there's nothing wrong with my hormones. If I have blood tests all the time, they check me out and I'm always the, the picture of health. On paper but I think my brain reacts differently to the fluctuation of hormones so throughout the month progesterone the, the estrogen fluctuates and my brain just cannot cope with those changes so um and and the way you diagnose it at the moment like I said there's no blood test because I'm my blood show I'm healthy um you just mark out your moods versus where you are like days of your cycle and you'll start to see a pattern so yeah it's also called severe pms not a name i like for it because it's so much worse than pmt or pms that i don't like to lump them together so i'm literally dysphoric i'm not my really not myself for that week so i i don't like to mix the names up but yeah essentially the brain is reacting differently than your brain when my hormones fluctuate, which means I'm also like, I react badly to birth control pills, alcohol, caffeine, like but and different different women with pmdd experience it differently another typical symptom that i never get is rage like intense rage i'd get it when i was younger i'd run away from home i'd want to leave my husband i think i cut the tv cables plugs off at one point but as i'm older i don't experience the rage but but it's a spectrum different women react differently and to differing levels and um and, and i like to think that all the work i do around mental health techniques and my awareness as I've grown older helps with that as well.
0: So if someone um kind of looking outside in and seeing you, you know, you are a real kind of energetic, extrovert, outgoing bundle of fun. But when you are in, when you're kind of going through that part of the month, you're literally the opposite to that, aren't you? It's like you just have so little energy and are quite low, really?
1: Definitely the energy and the fatigue. So um, I would definitely just probably to operate the whole day, like six o'clock. I'm probably I'm absolutely done. And on, on some of the days I won't get out of bed. So there's a the massive fatigue, but also the mental. So it is like low. I, I use the word like despondent. So I just suddenly feel like life's not worth it that i should probably quit my job give up what i'm doing like every month these feelings come obviously now i'm much more aware of them and i'm just like right just ride it out four days you'll be you'll be back so yeah it is it is a massive polarity to my normal personality but it just i cannot i cannot there's no point fighting it when i was younger i would try to fight it but now there's no point it's just like just let it let it be for four days and know that this soon will pass and you will come to the other the other side um and then on top of the loneliness as uh so what I call the dysphoric element of it is that I won't want to verbalize my words so it's like um a real apathy so I might my might see you in the street and my usual personality be like oh my god Emma I love your hair and if I'm in a bad patch it will my brain will go oh Emma's hair looks lovely but the apathy and the words they just won't they won't come which is again in absolute opposite I'm a chatter I'm a talker so yeah so it's just something happens in my body it's like it just shut down it's tired it's it's not very happy but physical stuff as well like
0: the the apathy
1: to the speaking and stuff so yeah it's not fun Emma it's not fun
0: oh so if anybody else thinks that that sounds like them how do they get some support and help like like you have so the way the way I
1: distinguish it from depression and because you could diagnose yourself with depression or anxiety but the difference for me is that there'll be one day uh, it's usually about two days before I start to bleed and I'll just suddenly wake up and it's like I'm like I can hear the birds tweeting and the the water rippling and I just feel myself again so that if they recognize kind of themselves and it it will be that they have periods of depression but that do suddenly end and then suddenly come or periods of rage or periods of anxiety or periods of just not feeling themselves so that would be the kind of if you've got that would be to track it um there are excellent resources on IAMPD that's a um like a charitable website there's tons of resources tracking things and then speak to your gp and i just think even if you're listening and you've not got this condition just be really aware of it if you've got friends that suddenly get really down at the same time each month or you've got children and they're really struggling for parts of the month just be just be aware of it and just if people are having mental health issues especially in women could it be related to their hormones so just just have an awareness of it yeah and that website is iampd Brilliant.
0: Thank you, Becky. That's so useful. So t- tell me a little bit about how do you manage your your month then um, with regards to you know your illness.
1: In all honesty, just to set the scene, I am undergoing treatment at the moment. So since the beginning of lockdown, I've, I don't have cycles. So I'm much I'm much less up and down at the moment. So the tracking and the awareness um, is really important to me. So I, I know my body really well at this point because of tracking it for a couple of years. Even though at the beginning I'd have the bad patches and wouldn't remember that I even tracked until I came back to my normal self and be like, oh, better mark that down. But as it's gone on and on, so just the really, really awareness of what the different days of the month are likely to make me feel, what triggers me as well. So during ovulation, I would be quite fragile. So say we had a little argument, Emma yeah yeah if if it was any part of the month I'd deal with it really well I'd know that I needed to speak to you and clear the air and it would all be fine so like any stress I would deal with really well But if it was over ovulation it would be a massive trigger I'd be hyperventilating crying overreacting you probably wouldn't see it because it's like you do it behind closed doors and then I'd collect myself and but I need to deal with it really fast. It would be like it was the end of the world and Emma doesn't like me and yeah. that kind of like it's, everything is really heightened. But I know what my triggers are. So I know that if I feel like somebody's not treating me fairly or if I've been misheard or I feel like there's too much expectations of me. So I just know my husband is <laughs> just a trigger, just breathing, <laughs> being present. But I know those things. So I can be like, oh, it's one of those, Becky, just like step back don't send the email don't don't do anything just write just wait for a little bit so awareness of the days of the month awareness of what triggers me awareness of what makes me feel better so I am massively into self-care and doing what brings me joy but there's kind of two levels for self-care For me, there's self-care of like when I'm feeling great, I need uh, joy, adventure. So I suckboard, I I swim in the water, I'm going to a dance class in a minute. So I know what I know I need to be moving my body, be outside, what gives me joy. Then I also need self-care for when I don't want to leave my room and literally can't get out of bed. So that's different self-care. So that would be like, can you get yourself to the bath, Becky? Could you make yourself a cup of tea, Becky? Um, I have a WhatsApp group with my family so that I can reach out to them and say, I'm not very well. Just letting you know in case it ever got where well. I, I need somebody to be checking, checking up on me, essentially. But they don't even need to do that much. I just know they're there and they'll all say it's four days, Becky. You've got this. You've done it before. You can do it again but that kind of like open communication line is really, really important to me as well because I don't want to communicate with anybody essentially. So I kind of like just, that's just a pattern I'm in to to reach out because it's tempting not not to bother and to retreat even further. So yeah, so awareness of what makes me feel good when I'm feeling good, a different special pot of things that make me feel good when I'm at my lowest ebb and then this communication because they can also remind me and you're probably on that list these days <laughs> Anna. Um, I would me- I'd message you and just say like I'm not feeling good and you'd be like oh well, just take care of yourself Becky and yeah taking care of myself looks very different at certain times of the month than it does at other times of the month because in a good time I probably need to go out see everybody um, obviously lockdown allowing and uh, just be around people but it's different when I'm not feeling well and I don't I can I, I can't judge myself by not being able to do those things because just spirals and yeah.
0: Yeah. you can't even do the things you love. What's the point? What's the point? Down, down, yeah. down, down, down. It's just been kind of um just working with it, isn't it? Yeah. And um, well, we've had many a conversations while while you've been in the bath, Becky.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, water <laughs> is definitely water <laughs> is definitely so it's a lake or sea if I'm feeling good. But yeah, even when I even when I had this and I didn't realise, um, I would always so when I had my son. I was scared of him. So he was about seven months old. He was the perfect baby. He slept all the time, but I would be terrified of him waking up because then I had to be this mother. It was completely irrational at the time. But what we would do is we'd get in the bath together because then I would feel um, happy. He's happy because he's in the bath. And it was just I just knew that that would be okay if I could get in the bath or near water or, or things like that.
0: So um, just talk to me a little bit more about how you pause to perform at your best in your work or home life. So how do you switch off to switch on? So I'll tell you about the times
1: when I didn't switch off to switch on. When I was younger and I had this, I felt like I would just fight it. So I would just carry on, do everything I would. And then the more I did, so stress makes it worse. I just got worse and worse and worse and worse and then every six months I'd completely fall off the planet and would would need to like really regroup. So it was just about learning that it is okay to rest and that I'm not a bad person because there's a lot of, I think I judge myself really hard because when you are a not a high achiever, but I talk on stages to 300 people. I would tour, I would do school in the morning, school in the afternoon, and I would then travel abroad. You know what I mean? So I held myself at this level. So when I could no longer do that, I'd push, I'd push too hard. Um, and then I'd mentally beat myself up for not achieving those things. But yeah, now I know completely that it's, I still get very frustrated, but I know that I just have to rest. It's just part of me. My body needs to rest and like replenish itself every month and, and not to, not to fight it. So yeah. So on the, on the really bad four days, I know that it is okay. If all I can do is watch Netflix, that's fine.
0: Yeah. And Um, it's, and I, I, I think, well, you plan like your launches, you plan your business, you plan your work and you do that and almost exclude those four or five days a month out of your calendar, don't you?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely try where obviously it's not as bad now, but I still do avoid there's still a, four, a tiny four day where I'm not feeling great. Nothing like it used to be. But yeah, I was completely having to put my schedule around those days and but mainly I I knew I could do something because I can always do something if somebody needs it but it was like it's not the best for me so I was going to travel like an hour and a half to do a science show and I could bring it I could bring the performance even at my lowest but then I'd get in the car afterwards and I was having to sleep in the car park to get the energy to drive home and it just yeah, I just, but I don't push myself anymore, I'm just like, this is, this is how it is, just accept it, and, and rest, and if I have um, stress now, like my son got in a fight yesterday, which I dealt with very well, but just that it just, I think it's the cortisol in me, I'm probably, probably allergic to that as well, like the change in cortisol, so it's just like, right, you need to rest now becky you need to check you drank enough water have a cup of tea just it's it's okay to go slower right this second and just to really accept that things will come to me but they are going to come slower than they might like it's easy to compare with people especially in business who are like absolutely killing it and it's like no because i can't bring that i can't bring that and that is okay it is okay to go at my pace permission to rest was what I wasn't giving myself and now I'm very good I take every Friday out to go swimming in the sea and meet friends and connect with people um I don't think I'll ever work a full-time job again um because it was just it's too exhausting for for me
0: with everything yeah. else so yeah yeah and so do you have any tips that help you live life to the full so your personal flourishing formula for life that could um help people with their mental fitness well-being or or sort of key learns is there anything that you could share to help our audience yeah So obviously everything
1: I said about self-care, have your list of self-care that you can do in a tricky situation and and self-care when you're feeling great because I'm a massive believer if you're not doing those things that you secretly want to be doing, it's really frustrating. And then the other main one for me is connection and communication. So I've always been very open about how I'm feeling I am really lucky. I haven't experienced much stigma of people like, dis- well, if they've disregarded me, I don't know about it. But in my workplace, I was very, very open about it. I would communicate with my boss. I'd communicate with my staff. Like I'm not feeling very well today. And just, just be very honest. And the more honest I am about it, that also has a ripple effect that some people will then recognise it in themselves and will seek help so usually whenever I talk openly about it so obviously I'm doing a podcast I do interviews and things like that um one person at least will say oh I saw myself in that and I went to seek help which is which is amazing but also like I discovered my next-door neighbor has the same condition but only because I was open about oh can you have my kids because I'm going to the doctors and then didn't hold back the reason and then she just said oh I'm doing that as well. And I was like, never. And it turns out that was at the beginning of lockdowns so that my next door neighbor's going through exactly the same thing. But because people don't speak about it, you just don't know who is doing it. So being very open about how you feel. So obviously I'm talking about this condition, but if you say you've got depression out loud, lots of people will go, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too. And people can just look look out for you and I don't just take 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 because I'm a giver as well but um I'm very open to help when I need it I'm not like oh no Emma don't worry about calling me I'm like oh actually Emma yes that would be lovely if you called me or my other friends that would be lovely if you would take my child to school for me today like because I know people can keep help at arm's length it's like no I'm fine I'm fine and I am fine I could do it all myself but I deserve help I can have help from other people um, and I give help I make sure that that's a two-way two-way street so yeah sorry that was loads of things wasn't it but being open with the communication accepting help and just community I have loads of great communities around me that I've cultivated where I'm very very honest so they get all of the Becky and then they they will in return look out look out for me
0: And you're so right about people learning from your explanations around your illness. Because we did a bit of an impromptu video last year, didn't we? Um, I think it was Mental Health Awareness Day, wasn't it? We just jumped on an interview. Yeah. And um, literally within about half an hour of doing the video, I'd had a message saying, I think I've got that. Thank you so much for, you know, bringing Becky on because... I think, I think that's me. And I'm going to go and get checked out. And, you know, that was one of my clients. So that was amazing.
1: That's, that's very common that it will be one person will reach out to me or the the person who's hosted. And I don't, I don't even talk about it that much because obviously it's boring, (laughs) But, um, but where it helps today, like your, your topic of mental health. Um, yeah, but it's very common. So the more, the more you speak about it, the more, that can help you as well so it helps that person but it also helps the person sharing because they know they're not alone I think with um when you're experiencing things that are not common it can feel like you're very you're very alone and lonely and you're different
0: but one in 20 is quite a lot quite
1: a lot isn't it
0: and we're not aware of it really are we so it's like people could be going through you know have gone through whole of their life and four days before the period be wanting to smack walls or whatever or be and smacking that,
1: walls yeah like, yeah I I often um when you see celebrities having melt I often think oh I I wonder so it's often I'm confused with bipolar as well but obviously bipolar has I'm waving my hands about it, you can't see that on the podcast but bipolar you have much longer periods of up and much longer periods of down but the two can get confused so yeah
0: Yeah, I did. I did think that when you were explaining some of the symptoms before. But I think it's not a prolonged period of depression, is it? It's like for it's a short period of depression. And
1: Because I don't think I have it as bad as some women. Some women, it'd be the entire luteal phase. So from ovulation to bleed, they'd be completely out of it. So that could be 14 days. But mine is very neat, very neat, literally four days. And I'm a scientist and I find it crazy that my body will just turn off for four days and then then bright as a button four days later bonk, right back again it's just it's just crazy to me but something yeah
0: but you're not but you know the difference between bipolar is that someone you know could be in hyper stage or move into mania following following a period of depression or vice versa whereas that's not what happened is you come back to a normal state don't you so
1: yeah I often wonder though like um so when when you look at getting treatment we're going off topic now but I often do wonder I am very happy like is some of it a real high you know what I mean so would I if I stopped having any hormone cycles at all would I miss some of the highs as well as some of the lows like that that day I described where you wake up and you're like oh my god everything's beautiful again the birds are singing like would that still be there if I was much more even key liver of a person so that's that's another piece of work I've done as well. Um, And much recently with the the lovely Jenny Gordon, it's just like accepting the things that having these timeframes of feeling rough give me. They are a gift because I'm a much more empathetic person. I'm much more understanding what other people are going through. Do you know what I mean? So it has given me gifts as well. Yeah, yeah as because I would be a different person if I didn't have it so it's accepting that as well instead of putting it like there's one Becky and that horrible bit about Becky it's like no it is all me and to embrace that
0: fabulous so that's really definitely taking it from something that's been a real challenge to something that's a gift amazing so is. There anyone, any community, anything or any books or podcasts that you know that you feel have been a real key part of your journey that you might want to share with the audience?
1: Um, oh, you've put me on the spot there. So IAMPD is brilliant about the medical condition. Obviously, I am a much bigger person than just the just the medical um condition. So I study loads, I love personal development, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head yeah just dabble double in everything
0: yeah great and you was there um, a, a Facebook group for PMDD
1: yes yeah, so there's several I am involved in one which is PMDD pod Wales. so that's for uh, well it's not it's not just for people in Wales but the lo- lots of us are based in Wales so yeah you can come and find us there PMDD pod Wales. Yes, there are lots of Facebook groups for it, but they just have to be very careful because if you imagine there's lots of very angry women in there, thousands of, they can get quite hectic.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So just be careful, you know, with the, the support that you're reaching out for.
1: Yeah. So then that's about surrounding yourself with your people as opposed to other people who are in pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well it has been lovely to connect with you again my lovely friend and um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you Becky how's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yep so I'm on nearly every platform as Becky Holmes always talking about video um, as opposed to mental health but yeah you can always pop me a message if you wanted to talk about mental health on my public profiles. So yeah, so Becky Holmes, that's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah, come find me, come say hi.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking about your illness in, in today's podcast. I'm sure it will has been really helpful to our audience. And. Yeah it's been great sharing some time with you I know we can talk for England the two of us and I am fortunate enough that Becky is part of my connect and co-work community so I get to see her pretty much every Monday where we where we co-work together so if you do if you do fancy joining us or getting to know Becky in more detail you can connect with her there as well thank you so much Becky no worries it's absolute
1: pleasure thank you
0: Thank you for listening to the Human Reboot Podcast. I'm Emma Last, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list, or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.